The Art of Leadership Network. Welcome to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. It's Carrie here, and I hope our time together today helps you thrive in life and leadership. Very excited to have Annie F. Downs back on the podcast today. We're going to talk about building fame versus building influence, podcasting tips, tricks, and secrets, how to handle leadership pressure, and the massive growth that she's experienced over the last two years. It's a deep dive into all things behind the scenes. Today's episode is brought to you by He Gets Us. Do you know the Super Bowl's coming up fast? And if you want to get in on what He Gets Us is doing, go to hegetsuspartners.com slash fans to get your free resources and join over 15,000 churches who are part of this movement. And by Serve HQ, get their simple video training courses to help you equip volunteers and develop leaders by going to servehq.com. Church. Well, Annie F. Downs is a New York Times bestselling author, a sought-after speaker, and successful podcast host based in Nashville, Tennessee. She makes readers and listeners feel like they're longtime friends. She does that so well. She's co-founder of the That Sounds Fun Network, which includes her aptly named flagship podcast, That Sounds Fun, and author of multiple best-selling books, including Chase the Fun, That Sounds Fun, The 100 Days to Brave, and Remember God. Annie is the friend who will shoot straight with you, remind you that God is good, and still manage to make you laugh in the process. For more about Annie, you can head on over to AnnieFDowns.com. And we are going to do that deep dive, as I promised, on all things behind the scenes, because I'm fascinated in the stories of success and the stories of struggle, and Annie brings it today. So He Gets Us is a national campaign all about raising the respect and relevancy of Jesus, and they've got ads at this year's Super Bowl. So the question is, are you preparing your people for Super Bowl Sunday? He Gets Us will be running ads during the game, reaching... Well, the millions of people who are planning to tune in. So whether your church is hosting a viewing or you know of people in your church who will be having parties, it's a great opportunity to start a conversation about Jesus. Go to hegetsuspartners.com slash fans to download resources to prepare your church for those conversations with curious viewers. You want to check that out. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And every leader knows that having trained and engaged volunteers is essential to accomplishing your mission. But you also know it's really Really hard to do. Well, what if there was a resource that made it easier? Serve HQ is that resource for you. They offer a series of simple video training courses that help you equip volunteers and develop leaders. You can create your own training or use their video library. You can even automate next steps to onboard new people. ServeHQ also tracks progress for each person and they provide basic email and text messaging for team communications, giving you a central place to equip your ministry and communicate with them. Their easy-to-use automation tools make onboarding new volunteers and church members fast, easy, and consistent. And you can create automatic sequences that enroll learners in online courses, send time messages, and alert church staff members of follow-up tasks too. So check it out. Head on over to servehq.church. That's servehq.church because the volunteer crisis is something you need to resolve this year. So with all that said, let's dive into my conversation with Annie F. Downs. Annie, so good to have you back on the show. Welcome. Carrie, this is exactly where I want to be. So I'm just so happy to get to talk to you. I love, I just feel like when guests get to come on your show, when I'm listening, it is like people are just chopping it up about what is really going on and how to how to mm-hmm. do this, uh, our faith as part of our job and part of our career and keep them separate and put them together. And so I'm just thankful to be a listener first. And then um, I'm thankful when you, you and I get to chat too. 
Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, fun and a half, and we're going to go in a different direction. There's no book this time, but I want to talk no. about Annie the. I'm going to call it entrepreneur. You can give me a better sure. phrase, but I was. I think the F stands for facet, as in all the facets <laughs> of your life and the multiple endeavors that you're involved in. So one podcast turns into two. It was, you know, Eddie and Annie keep talking. Then all of a sudden there's more and there's a network and now there's almost 20 shows and you're launching a daily podcast. But you've also got this massive brand that that sounds fun network and this presence and all of that's happened in the last few years. And so I would like to start by just unpacking what on earth is going on. Sure. I, I mean, I'm tired. That's part of it. I'm tired. <laughs> I joked with you before that, that whenever we launch new things, I, I get about six weeks in and everybody's working really hard. And I think, why didn't you just keep your mouth shut? This y'all had plenty mm-hmm. to do before you said this out loud. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, entrepreneur is a very kind word. I usually associate that more with people who, um, Think up, build, and then sell the companies they want to keep doing. Oh. You know, like to me, a lot of times entrepreneurs are building to to then move on to the next thing they want to build. And so the word we mm-hmm. use around here more is that we're builders because we aren't okay. we aren't building anything um, to to at this point to sell it to move it off right. so that we have space to do it again. We just start building the companies that we think God has invited us to help meet a need that we are hearing about or seeing in our audience and in our culture. And so right now there's three companies here at the office. There could end up being five and we never sell any of them, or we could end up getting an offer that makes sense to partner with someone else. And one of the companies ends up being with someone else. But as of right Mm -hmm. now, we're more builders though. I do have an entrepreneurial, I mean, you know me, my, my build is entrepreneurial. I like building things. I'm not as good at maintaining them. That's an interesting uh, distinction, you know, because I think you're right. If you look at what's taken over the popular culture in the last 15 years, entrepreneurs generally do build and sell. I, in my head, entrepreneur is people who start things, you know, and you're a starter. I am. And, you know, I plan on doing a version of what I'm doing until I can't do it anymore. So I'm hoping for decades ahead and that will morph from time to time, but I'm not building a company to like scale it, sell it Mm -hmm. and go sit on a beach. That's boring to me. But, you know, it's interesting. I don't know whether you, you, you see this parallel or not, and the theologians will correct me, but I see entrepreneurship as a gift, like apostleship and entrepreneurship are very oh, cool. similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a Because you think talking, about pastors yeah. tend to be very shepherding, but apostles go forward and they create, they, they expand, they create mm-hmm. things out of nothing. So I think of it yeah. as spiritual entrepreneurship, and I would yep. definitely put you in that category. Oh, I love so, that. Let's uh, let's break that down because okay. you say, okay, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> and six weeks after launching something, I'm like, what did I get myself into? Yep. Right. Um, what are you learning about capacity and scale and time management yeah. in this really um, huge season? Yeah. You know, one of the things we talk a lot uh, around here at our companies about is currency and what currency matters most to us. And so we d- we have to make decisions every day of are we going to focus on the m- money 
as a currency? Are we going to focus on time as a currency? Are we going to talk on focus on influence as a currency? And so I think what, because everything is going to cost you something, right? And everything you're trying to, so when I even think about building companies, Carrie, what the reason we're building these is not to get rich financially, but to get rich with influence. Because mm. that's what, I mean, we need the money to move the machine, of course, of course. And yeah, we're yeah. thankful for all the, the ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly, and the people, right? Like, I want to make more money because I want more people to be sitting in here because I want to have more influence. I want us, so that is my favorite currency, is influence. When I'm thinking about what we're building, when I'm thinking about what it's costing us, time <sighs> is the one I worry about the most. Are our people working over hours? Am I working too many hours? Are we not using our time well? Like, so time is the currency I worry about. Influence is the currency I pursue. Money is the one we just have to need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a means to an end. Okay, yes. well, let's unpack that a little bit because, you know, building, I hate the word empire because it makes it sound like- Funpire. Funny. We do say funpire like Funpire? You say yeah. funpire? Yeah. Okay, well, let's use that. Building a fun pyre is one thing, but I don't know whether you know Les McEwen or not. He's been on the show a few times. Fantastic Christmas read for you is called Predictable Success. Okay. It's a great book. Uh, and if you want the cheater version, a couple hundred episodes back, Les will give you the 50-minute version of a 200-page book on my show. Okay. First time he was on. But when I read that, my life flashed through my eyes. And so one model is... Very lean, you know, Annie does her podcast. You have a producer, you have a sponsor or two, there's profit margin, etc. But what you've done, and to some extent what I've done on a much smaller scale is I've scaled up and I got a payroll every month and you've got offices and you've got studios and the whole thing. And Les McEwen says, what you have to get to is predictable success. And it's the tension of an entrepreneurial spirit with the systems you need to sustain it. So think about your church, right? It is a large church. It's that entrepreneurial spirit, that spiritual entrepreneurship, plus the systems, because without the systems, the whole thing just falls apart. You can't even get to Sunday. And he says that very few companies ever get there. Most people will stay in what he calls, it's funny, you'll love this. He calls the stage of, of startup where you're profitable, but you don't have a big structure or system yet. He calls it fun. Oh, yeah. Think about that. Because <laughs> it like, is back then. It's fun because <laughs> yeah. I don't have to worry about it and everything. Yeah. And he says, it's okay to stay there, but then you scale up and it brings complexity and whitewater and challenges. So as you've scaled up, what have some of the challenges been for you? And then yeah. what has some of the, the good times been for you? So let me let me outline for everybody so that they can get a picture in their mind of what we're doing. So at Downs Books, yeah, which is my company, we have got um, four full-time and two part-time. At our management books. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, my company is called Downs Books because my grandparents used to own a bookstore called Downs Books. And so when I started, that was just my inspiration. So, but under Downs Books is all the Annie F. Downs things. So that is my podcast. That sounds fun. The Let's Read the Gospels podcast that launches in January, all Mm -hmm. the books and all the traveling and speaking and all those things. So everything I do as an, as an Annie, um, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word, for my brand is under Downs Books. So there are four four full-time employees, two part-time, and me. Wow. My manager, who is with us, has four full-time, including her. And then she and I together own the That Sounds Fun Network. And at the That Sounds Fun Network, we have four full-time and two part-time. 
And Your babies so, are having babies. Yes, wow. yes. And so that's how many people we have. So I'll tell you the challenge so is. What's the total now? Is that uh, 16, yes, six, 16, 15 or 16. Yep. Okay. And wow. we actually have opened up. We have we have probably two spots that we'll look to hire in quarter one or quarter two. Um, and so, which is wild, Carrie. I mean, I you know, mm. I it, it was eight minutes ago. You and I were talking, and I was in my living room, and it was me and one assistant. You know, like I know the, the rate of this has been um, supernatural and extraordinary, but also the weight of it has been supernatural and extraordinary. I mean, the, mm. there have been m massive challenges inside of this. I mean, uh, my COO, Ashley Warren, truly is, you know her well, but Ashley is, uh, a, in a lot of ways, she's the glue for our company because she sees challenges even before I do and, and will often cut them off. Eat, and I'll tell you where she sees the challenges, Carrie. She sees them for the staff and she also sees where I'm about to cause something. And oh, she will wow. say, hey, 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 that's not how we need to do that. That When you brought that up at that meeting, that wasn't the right time. I mean, she keeps me from screwing this up more often than anything. Her, that's probably her number one job description. Um, but the challenges that we've run into is how do you care for 16 people in, that have come on board in two years? Right. Yeah. Like, how, how do you know? How do you help the culture even? Like, how do we make sure the culture that we have so carefully constructed the first nine years of me doing this job full time multiplies across three companies where I can only be in one place at one time? I can't be in all the meetings. I can't, and you know, I mean, so that's a challenge. And the other big challenge for me, Carrie, personally, is uh, not being in every meeting. Because there are times where I will read an agenda after a meeting and I will be mad that I missed the meeting because I won't have, I will have done it differently. But one of the things mm. Ashley reminds me a lot is, and her, I think her husband, Matt, um, said this first, he is a, a coach and a, just an incredible leader. Um, if someone else in your company can do it 80% as well as you do it, let it go. And so, but that 20%, Carrie, that 20% is about what sends me over the edge sometimes, but it's not because I'm good. That, that is, that is not because of an excellency in me. That's because of a weakness in me about control. And I know that mm. I know, I know the difference. I'm, 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 uh, um, I have problems with control. And okay. so I have to work on it a lot. I get to work on it a lot. What's the language? What would Brewster say? <laughs> I get to. Uh, yeah, I'm an Enneagram 8 as well. And I think my whole life can be explained through the lens of control. Yes. And that's not good. Yes. So yes. let's break that down a little bit. Because okay. one of the challenges for what you do and what I do is, yeah, if it's a book, it has your name on it. Yes. If you are voicing it, it has your name on it. But as your company grows, I mean, you've got shows within the network. You can't physically listen to every episode that's of right. every That Sound Fun network no. show. You just can't do it. No. Decisions are being made without you. And yet we're in the age of personal influencer branding. Yeah. So if, you know, you go to most people in our space and say, that sounds fun. Who's with, who's behind that? Yeah. People will go, oh, that's Annie F. Downs. That's like, right. Yeah. So your name is inextricably linked to the, network. To the brand, yes. yet you don't have ultimate control. Yes. 
It's an interesting part of it. What do you do with that tension? Yeah, because mm-hmm. we've made a real, um, one of the things that sets our That Sounds Fun podcast network apart from some of the other networks that are in our world is that we don't own the content and we don't edit their content. Our our mm-hmm. request of, mm-hmm. the, of the hosts is that they are faith-based. Like that's what we're looking for. We only sign hosts that we know are, are walking on the same path we are walking, using the same map of life that we use, but we don't control their content. And I don't agree with everything people, put out. I don't agree with everything my guests say on a That Sounds Fun episode, right? And so so you're right, Carrie. It's one of the things we are, I mean, if you really want to know about making the sausage, one of the things we are really working on for 2023 is how do we build the brand and the the visibility of the That Sounds Fun network separate from Annie F. Downs? Because mm-hmm. the other side of it, Carrie, is I don't want to make a mistake or make a decision or make a stand that hurts any other show on our network or hurts the network in general. And so we have to separate Annie F. Downs to some degree from the network so that the network can grow farther than I could have taken it when it is attached to me. The the hard truth is there are probably hosts who would love the business side of what we do and how good we are at the business side of the network that would love the, the community we've built, but don't want to be associated with me. And so if we can separate me and them get the experience at the network, I mean, I'm a nice person to be around, but not everybody agrees with me, but they may really like the network, but not necessarily want to be my friend. That's okay. We, we want to make that uh, attainable for people and optional for people. And at the same time, have it represent what we believe and what we quote, quote, believe is born out of what I believe first because I was used to be the only one at that network because it was in my head, right? But then now it's out and I have a co-owner who's brilliant, Kelly. You've met Kelly. Kelly Haywood's brilliant. And so Kelly and I running that together and she really is a lot of the CEO brain behind the network now at this point. And I'm kind of the, the face a little bit, but we're working on that because we want that to make a bigger influence than I could have as an individual Annie. So we don't want, I don't want to hold it back at all. What is the internal dialogue that happens inside you at those release points where you see control slipping away, where you see, and I know it's a good thing to have the brand be bigger than you, but I mean, that does generate an internal tension at times. So what is the self-talk, the self-dialogue Annie has with Annie in those moments where if you do, you feel tempted to swoop in and go, hang on a second, bring that back here. Mm -hmm. What what do you do with that? Yeah, to me, it is what I say to myself is, I would so much rather the Lord and I deal with my pride in this setting that is an office full of people that love me than in any other setting he would have to choose if I wouldn't pay attention here, <laughs> right? Hmm. And so to me, a lot of it, when I feel it, and I feel, I mean, they do, I, if you knew how much I got to apologize for, I shouldn't have said that, I'm sorry for how I handled that. I mean, I, I, I'm a frequent apologizer around here because Good I am you. sorting out how things make me feel and what it's like. I mean, I've had to say to Ashley multiple times, I think I'm having this response because I've never not done this part of the job before. I've never had someone else do this. And so I'm not used to someone else handling it. And I would have done it a little bit differently, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, in a lot of ways, the internal conversation is, 
okay, God, if you're dealing with this here in front of people I love, I'll take that over doing it on the internet or on a stage or somewhere. Because God, as you have said a lot, God cares a lot more about our character than our careers. And, and so if he, if I can hear the Holy Spirit checking me early, I would like to, because I miss it enough times, right? That I'd like to hear it when I can hear that check. Um, but I also love, I mean, I'm so proud of the network and everyone who works at Downs Books, at KCH Entertainment and at That Sounds Fun Network are just incredibly good at their jobs. I mean, we have people mm-hmm. that we do not deserve. I, I cannot believe the quality of the people I get to work around every day. So the 94% of the time, I am just in awe of my coworkers. And I, Carrie, I cannot believe that this dream that I had sitting in my living room looks like this. I, I can't, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. And if, and, and the Lord trusting me to steward that is more than I deserve. I mean, I, I have perfect attendance to my sins. So I haven't missed a single one of them. I know the kind of person I am. And so the, the kindness of God to, to let me be a part of a job like this, much less be one of the leaders uh, and a founder at this, these companies is, really generous. So the challenge is there and the internal dialogue is there, but I'm often, often reminded that I'm surrounded by people that are so incredibly good and they're bought in, Carrie. Like they Mm -hmm. believe in the vision of what we're doing. I said to Craig, our engineer the other day, I said, this ship that we're on, I'm tied to it. Like I, I, this is me. My name is everywhere. I'm tied to this ship. If the ship goes down, I'm gone. Y'all can get off and get on a lifeboat that takes you somewhere else. But, but the thing, Carrie, that, that blows my mind is all these friends of ours that are in this office, in these three offices, have all chosen to get on this ship. And when we drive through storms, I don't have a choice. They do. And some of them, everyone will leave except me at some point, right? But, but they, they stay, and they weather storms with us and, and weather, weather desert seasons with us. And so I, I, I feel super honored to get to work with people who buy into a vision like this. Finding great people is hard. Finding great people fast. Because you mentioned, yeah, last time we talked, you know, which I think it might have been the last time. Yeah. You were still pretty much a solo operation, you and an yeah. assistant. And yeah. there's an awesome episode of this show. We'll find it where you're like bunkering at your house in lockdown, recording in not even a studio. You don't have a building, you don't have anything. You're just doing that sounds fun from the lockdown bunker. So hiring good people is hard. Hiring them fast is really difficult. So what has been the process? Have you found these people? Uh, What has been attractive for them? How are you figuring staff at scale quickly? Yeah. Uh, First of all, Ashley, again, Ashley Warren gets a lot of credit for this because she's mm-hmm. built such a robust uh, interviewing, hiring, onboarding, offboarding uh, process for us. Um, and we have hired uh, uh, coaches. So where'd to, you find Ashley? How, how'd that happen? She and I were at Crosspoint together. Oh, so when okay. I, I, I mean, we were, we were in Jenny Katrin's small group of women leaders in 2012 together. Right. Fantastic. So, and then she was on, in charge of staff things at Crosspoint church for a while. And then mm-hmm. when she left there, um, she came on just part-time with us. Cause I was like, Hey, I need help with a couple of things. And then literally over the last two years, she's just worked her way into 
CEO <laughs> because she's brilliant or COO. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and you know, Jenny Catron says hire slow and fire fast. And we have done that right. And we have done that wrong. And on both sides, we've hired fast and regretted it. We've fired slow and regretted it. And so when we fire fast, we're grateful. When we hire slow, we're grateful. Um, so we've hired a business coach that usually helps us with hiring that kind of does a lot of the um, first few steps before someone gets to us. We also Same. tell our friend, like when, when we have jobs come open, the first thing we do is say to our staff, do you know anybody who might want this job? They will still go through the whole process. They do not skip a line, but we put a little tag on there on everything that says, this is someone who's friends with someone that already knows the culture here. And they think this person would be a good fit. So we're very interested first in, in who's a hinge to this new person that could get us someone. So, but hiring slow really is, and slow to me, Carrie, is um, two to three months. You know, right. kind of a core it, from when the job comes available. I want someone in that seat in a quarter. Yeah. You know, I'm very similar. It's funny because we have an opening on our team and they were saying, is there any way to speed up the process? Like it took two months to hire last time. And I'm like, well, yes. And yet when I've done that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's it's it. Not you can sure good. do it faster. You're you're taking some risks that I that I personally don't have time to take. Like we don't yeah. just don't have time to take the risks well, <laughs> of hiring fast. You got to dance a few times before you get married, you yes. know, a couple yes. times anyway. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. And again, nothing specific, but you sure. mentioned hiring and offboarding or firing. Yes. And that happens. Yes. I know a lot of churches are very reluctant to do it. A lot of businesses do it too fast, too slow. Yep. When you think about cultural fit and just think about top line qualities that work in your company. Mm -hmm. And then is there a pattern in those that you've had to say, hey, thanks so much, but this didn't work out. Yeah. That you're like, yeah, this wasn't a fit. Because mm -hmm. I find that there's often qualities, traits, characteristics that define the people who do well and the people who don't. Do yes. you have any top of mind? Yeah, I mean, one of the first ones that come is we're, we're pretty flexible. We're kind of an amoeba when it comes to our daily schedules. Like we, we know everything that's going to happen that day and we have some, some pillars, but there's a world where things, I mean, you and I just did it because I had written down the wrong time of what time we were doing this interview. And so yeah, yeah. we, we bumped up by an hour. Well, well, my engineer Craig moved his life around to sit in here with us. And we, you know, like it, we, you got to be a little flexible to work here and, mm. and not only flexible, but flexible and, and like joyful in it. Like, okay, mm. that's what we'll do next because that's but how like, our oh, job Oh, really? Go. I got to go and record Totally, right. totally. Yeah. Or like, um, oh, I I mean, well, this is what we had to do last week too. You know, like none of that kind of stuff really flies here. Like, everybody's going to have off days. I'm the queen of them. But, but you know, they're, in general, the, the flexibility within a day is a pretty important, because also the reason we're in an office and the reason we aren't virtual as a team is we, we like being able to pop in and go, hey, can we think about this for just a minute? Can we, can we just look at the calendar real quick and figure out what the flights will be? And, and this podcast host called and needs some help with this thing. Can we circle up for 10 minutes right now? And so we, we, that flexibility really matters to us. Um, and I mean, I'll tell you the other thing that has come into the top of my mind, Carrie, is I want people working on our team who have a robust personal life that they care to prioritize. Mm. And so, cause I, 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 
what will not fit in our culture is someone who gives their life to our job because we don't believe in that. And I mean, our four pillars are work hard, play hard, rest hard, and pray hard. Mm. And and we really live by those. Like when we're right now planning, I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know when this comes out, but when we right mm, now we're, it'll be early 23. I think. Okay, great. Yeah. So we are so pretend Christmas just happened. Now, um, <laughs> as we're we're recording this right, I mean days before our Christmas break, and our one of the big conversations on Monday in our staff meeting was, what do you need from everybody else to make sure you aren't working over Christmas? Oh yeah. We have that conversation regularly. That's such a good conversation. Yes. Yes. It's like we're a week out and I'm like, okay, what has to get done? Are you yes. going to get time off? Are yes. you going to be like sneaking a computer open? So that's an important value, which is yes. interesting because in that kind of rapid growth curve, like you're describing, often that is not the culture. It's startup culture. So it's like, we're on 24 seven guys. Yeah. Like, this is it. This is what yeah. you do. No, I just don't think that's modeled anywhere healthily in scripture. It doesn't seem like that. Yeah. And 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 what I have seen in my own life, and you and I have talked about this, but John Mark Comer is a bit of my um, guru on this. But what I have seen in my life is that our company has increased in influence at a pretty rapid pace. And the two things that have not changed, but have, but have actually increased and become more important are tithing and Sabbath. And, and so what I am seeing and what we're modeling for our staff and hopefully for the friends on the other side of our work is that when you actually give away a piece of what you feel like you can't give away, God gives you back way more. And so we really, I mean, I, I don't want to come into work Monday morning and everybody have sent emails all weekend. I, that mm-hmm. just does not work for me. When I mean, if someone comes in on Monday and says, well, I was working this weekend, the faces of everyone else is kind of like, what? Wait, why? What did, what what did you, you did you need help? Yeah. What was happening? And there are times, obviously, when we launched, we did a huge Advent series. There was a- extra hours worked in there, of course. We're launching a brand new podcast. It's a daily podcast for 2023. That has required some extra hours. So certainly I'm not saying there's never times we don't work after hours, but we are just very careful about it and and really communicative. And every Friday, I mean, we send an email every Friday and say, hey, I'm around lunchtime or before, will you respond to this? And the third question, it's four questions. And the third question is, what do you need from Annie or someone else that will help you have a weekend? Because if somebody's waiting on me, but I'm getting ready to go get my nails done at three o'clock on a Friday, and that means they work on a Saturday because I didn't know what they needed, then I failed as their leader. And wow. so I try to do a touch point at the end of every week that says, hey, before you go and before I go, is there anything you need from me so that you aren't working this weekend? And then that just gives every manager permission under me to, to double check that with the people that are working under them and say, hey, is there anything you need from me before? Because we don't want anyone at any level of our company to be working on the weekends because someone else didn't get them what they needed. That's so healthy. So fluid, fast-paced, but yes. clear boundaries and a real life. Any yep. other deal breakers or deal makers on the people you're recruiting? I mean, everybody here shares a faith. We we mm-hmm. believe in that. Mm-hmm. We think that because of the center of our work is bridging people to Jesus, that has to be a core part of the lives of people who work here. Uh, we're, we all have very different faiths. No one, not everybody goes to the same church by any stretch, but, mm. um, but that is a, core value. We interviewed people who who did not match our faith. And we found 
even in the interview process that I I honestly think it would have been harder for someone who doesn't believe what we believe to to go through some of the challenges we go through. And I mean, just, just last week, Carrie, we had kind of a wild thing. My entire podcast went down on Spotify, whole thing. Whole thing's gone. That's a fun day. Uh huh. And we had already had a couple of weird run-ins of things going sideways technology, and and we just knew we knew that this was our battle is not against flesh and blood. So we just kind of opened all the doors to all the offices, and we said, "Everybody, come on, we're praying." And we all people got on their knees, people raised their hands, people pray. I mean, we just prayed. And so someone who isn't comfortable in that, in in an environment where prayer is not the only thing we do, but it's the first thing we do, as Pastor Kevin Queen says, um, they would feel, they would not fit in our Mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking for people who, and we we want their lives to flourish and spiritually flourishing as a part of, that's how I'm going to know I'm successful at my job is not actually the numbers on the other side of the work, but whether the lives of my staff are flourishing. Doesn't mean Mm -hmm. everything's easy. I've had a tragic year. You know, we've had loss and sadness in our, in our in a community. And I, I had a family, my, my nephew passed away. And I mean, it's just been a tragic year. That's not that God's, God's story in your life can still flourish in tragedy. So I'm not looking for everybody to have perfect lives. I'm just looking for their lives to be flourishing because their workplace helps them have a better life. You mentioned influence a few times, and I want to go back there. And I think you've given a partial answer in something you've said, but I really want to explore that. Okay. Like, tell me about the drive for more influence, because on the one hand, that can be super healthy. On the other hand, it can be like shallow and empty and influence yeah. for the sake of influence. Yeah. So tell me for you, Annie, like what drives the quest for more influence? Yeah, I am very not interested in being more famous. I don't mm. see that serving anyone. I keep mm. seeing that. Um, and so I, I keep seeing that actually be what takes people further from who they want to be. And so my prayer for my personal self as an Annie is, Lord, I don't want one more follower than my than my character can handle. I don't want one more follower than my integrity can handle, than my health mm. can handle. I'm not looking for Annie to get famous. That's not interesting to me. In fact, especially as a woman who's not married yet, it adds a lot of complication to my life to have a public life when I don't have my partner in place yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. truly, um, the level of whatever you would call this that I have, this fame level, whatever it is, has probably added more complications than joy and felt like a more of a sacrifice at times than a blessing. Though I sometimes get free tickets to things, right? Okay, great. So the, <laughs> there are certainly payoffs to it, of course. Um, when I'm thinking about influence, what I'm thinking about is ears and eyes that we can reach with the products that we make. So even the let's read the gospels graphic does not have my face on it because okay. I'm, I, I, it is going to be my voice because I know a lot of our friends that are coming along um, are, are friends of mine that want to hear me read the gospels. But what I actually want is, I mean, it, when we launched it, Carrie, I, I, I think you'll enjoy this and I'll, mm-hmm. this is, this will be fun for our friends listening who have podcasts. Um, one of the things Apple is caring a lot about right now when you launch a podcast is how many people go to the page and how many people subscribe, the reviews that come in, but they also care about the listen-through rate, okay? So when you launch a new podcast, if you will just launch it with a trailer, your podcast will shoot up in the rankings because it's getting a 100% listen-through rate. 
Mm-hmm. Does that the make two sense? minute trailer, you mean? That's right. 90 That's second right. trailer. That's right. So if you launch with a trailer and two episodes, your audience may be thrilled and the audience may actually be big. And there's, and you know, this is a bell curve. So there's always exceptions to the rule. But, but what we are seeing across the industry is that if you, the higher you can get to that 100% listen rate, the higher you're going to rank. So we mm-hmm. launch a trailer, we announce it across all the platforms in November, and we reach number 17 globally in podcasts and stay in the top 20 for all of Thanksgiving weekend. Wow. And why that matters to me and why I'm glad my face isn't on it, though, Father Mike Schmitz, who is incredible. Have you had him on yet, Gary? Yeah. I just No, said, I have not. Oh, I saw you had him got on recently. To. He's yeah. just amazing. I've okay, learned so you- much about... Jesus loving Catholics that I did not know because of Father Mike. I just think so highly of him. He has pastored me for two years from a distance through his podcast. His is the Bible in a year and you see his face right there. It's one of the top podcasts in the world. All the time. It's unbelievable. And it says right there, huge for anybody who can read the Bible in a year. And what I wanted with our little mini is I wanted it to say, let's read the gospels. And I, because the majority of people who may see that floating in the top 10, the top whatever, when we launch in January, they don't know who I am, but they know what the gospels Mm -hmm. is about, or they wonder what the gospels is about. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm telling you all that, Carrie, to say, that's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about influence. I, I recognize that my face goes along with a lot of things, but the beautiful thing about the podcast network is the majority of the 22 million listeners we had last year didn't know me. And didn't, mm-hmm. you know, like the people mm-hmm. who are listening to Hannah Mooney's podcast may not know who I am. The people who are listening to Imagine Faith Talk um, may not know who I am. The people who are listening to Dadville, to the Snack Show, you know, they may not know who I am. But they're, but because of our team and what we've built, we've been, we've enabled those shows to exist along with the podcast host and their teams so that they reach more people. I want that to keep growing and growing and growing. And I will, I will take whatever amount of um, public life that requires of me. I will also not invite any extra public life that I don't have to invite um, because I, I don't want to drink my own Kool-Aid. I, I can mm-hmm. do that. I've done it. I had I spent about a year, 2013-ish, drinking my own Kool-Aid and thinking I was kind of a big deal. And um, the Lord humbled me I'm, and I'm grateful. And it was gross and awful. And I don't want to do that again. And so so that's why I'm chasing influence, Carrie, because in the end, we want to bridge people to Jesus. Like yeah. that, there's that famous quote that I can't ever say the German guy's name who said it, but he said, preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. That's mm. my dream. Can we build a thing that preaches the gospel and someday when I die, I do not care if they remember me. I don't, I mean, I genuinely don't care. I'm just like, let's get the work out there. Let's get this network bigger. Let's get this podcast of the gospels in front of as many people as we can next year. I mean, day one, Carrie, in January, we started reading it. We read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then I, I just felt this, this thing in me. You know that thing where you're like, God's telling me to change something. Something's got to shift. I don't know what it is. And I said to the team, I was like, I'm not sure we're supposed to start with Mark. I mean, with Matthew, because I think the most listeners we'll have the whole year are the new year, new you people who listen in January. Mm-hmm. And, and the first chapter of Matthew is a bunch of begats, right? <laughs> and so True. I said, what if yeah, we started Matthew, with- you started with a genealogy. Matthew, come Good on, my you. guy. Jeez. Mark gets to the point. Mark gets to the yeah. point, but we ended up actually starting with John because you get <sighs> the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I'm 
tearing up saying it to you because we read three chapters a day for 30 days. Mm. And then in the first day, we also say, for God so loved the world, right? And so we get to do that on January 1. So if they never come back on the first day, they heard that Jesus was the word made flesh who dwelt among us and that God sent him to die for our sins because of God's love and Jesus' sacrifice for us. That's that's why I want more influence, Carrie, because on the first day of the year, I get to tell anybody who will listen about Jesus. And, and my name isn't anywhere except on the bottom of the graphic. Hmm. I, I really appreciate that. By the way, I did check. Oh, and emotional. That's good. <laughs> that's good, Annie. Uh, January 12th, this episode releases. So, okay, good. So y'all uh, go back and listen to January 1. <laughs> all. So let's compare 2013, Annie, to 2023, okay. Annie. And just full comparison, yeah. I try to do a motive check on the regular. Because yeah. I think, you know, the line between good and evil, uh, Alexander Schultz and Nietzsche, uh, goes directly through every human heart. We always think, oh, you know, evil resides somewhere else. It's like, no, actually, it hangs out here on a semi-regular basis. And so I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, motive checks for myself. What does that look like for you when you're thinking about, okay, influence for the right reasons? And you're right. Like, nobody 50 years from now is going to know who I am. And no, if you either. doubt that, it's like, name your great, great, great grandfather. Can't do it. Right. Right. Yeah, well, you're descended from him. I am. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I probably have five of them. I have no idea who they would be. Yes. And my yes. great-great-grandchildren will have no idea who I am, nor will anyone else. Yeah. Cemeteries are full of people who matter deeply to other people, and we don't know any of them. Correct. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 That's exactly So right. how do you do your motive check? How do you make sure that most days the compass is pointing toward Jesus, not toward yourself. Or yeah. Most days motive. is a kind, is a kind hope. Thank you. That is Cause it's not all days. It's certainly not all days. No. And it's not every hour no. of the good days mm -mm. either. Um, no. I think having people around me now, so, so I will do a direct comparison of Annie 2023 and Annie 2013. Cause I actually see this, Carrie, I wonder if you see this too. I actually see this in all of our friends who have any version of a public life is when you're in, in 2013, I had two books out and I had been traveling and speaking on the weekends um, every other weekend on a tour for two school years. So I had been, I, I, this was a full-time job. I had not even started the podcast yet. This podcast started in 2014. So the interesting thing about what happens when you start having a public life is you kind of don't know what to do when people recognize you that you don't know. Yeah. But an even harder thing is in people is when people who have known you care more than they used to care. And so that's kind of when I say drink your own Kool-Aid, what kind of happens is you go, yeah, you you used to think I wasn't important. And now I now you do. Maybe I am. And, mm -hmm. and now these strangers who who didn't know me at all think of me somewhat. So maybe they're right, too. Like so. And I and honestly, I I think we see it a lot in people. And, and when I hear it or I see it in someone or when I hear someone chirping about someone else who's drinking their own Kool-Aid, I just often can say, I did too in 2013 into 2014. And it is a, God willing, it is a season that passes. 
It is a season that passes because something happens where everything crashes. Maybe not financially. I hope not for anyone, but where the internet gets mad at you for a minute or a product that you put out and put your heart and soul in doesn't do as well as you thought it would do. Or you get a bad review after a speaking event or a bad review on a book or people don't like your podcast and you realize that after a year of doing it, you've spent more money than you're able to spend the next year and you have to stop. Things bump into you that give you this opportunity to remember why you're doing what you're doing, who you're doing it for, and whether it matters outside of making you more important to yourself. So honestly, 2013 is when I started uh, counseling. And when I started being with my therapist pretty regularly, who I still see. And, and so we got to work out why are I, I heard, I wish I could remember who said this. I'm so mad. If I think of it, I'll tell you, but, mm-hmm. uh, oh, it may have been, uh, Mike Donahue was in the podcast okay. stadium, stadium, no studio with me. And he said, um, when you don't feel loved, you want to feel right. And I think that's some of the the pride I was dealing with in 2013 as I thought my friends aren't around as much. I'm traveling a ton. I don't feel connected, but all these people who don't know me love me. So at least I'm right in what I'm doing. At least I'm right. And and now my and, and I'll tell you the other thing, you probably see this a lot too, but I see this in leaders often is the reason we get into secret sin is because we go, this this calling is so hard. I deserve to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Well, I deserve to watch that, or I deserve to say that, or I deserve that relationship. I deserve to text like this. This is not, this is not bad. I deserve to uh, make this phone call. I deserve to be unkind to this person because they don't know how stressful my life is. The, the, I deserve thing is the drink in your own Kool-Aid. So that's 2013 Annie who felt like she deserved a lot because she was sacrificing quote, quote, a lot. Mm. Um, Now I have more people up close that tell me the truth. And, and I think I've come, I've reckoned with, uh, the sacrifices that this job requires on a more, I I reckon with that on a more regular basis. So I think they feel smaller than thinking about it once a year and being like, well, I'm going to go on a bender with Oreos because this year, you know, like, or I use Oreos as an example, because it's, um, benign, but there are a mm-hmm. lot of things we go on benders on that are absolutely that are not, not benign. As benign. That's right. Was there a moment in 2013, 2014, was there, what tipped you over to the, huh, maybe this isn't the thing. Maybe I need to change. Was there, my, mine was burnout. I mean, yeah. I kind of cruised through my thirties, believing my own press quietly Yeah, because yeah. I'm Canadian. You don't want to do that. Yes, that's loud. right. <laughs> but you know, burnout kind of And you're a Christian, both of those Canadian yes, and Christian. That's right. Y'all That's can't be right. prideful for one stitch, no. <laughs> so was there was there a moment or was there an incident or was it just a gradual realization that made you go, I got to rethink this? Yeah, I totally don't want to tell this story, but I'm going to tell you because I love you. To you. And now I'm going to have to call my pastor at home in my hometown and tell him this story too. I remember being embarrassed one time when I went to my hometown church. I was embarrassed that I felt... Um, like I, like too many people wanted to talk to me. And so at one time I thought, oh, all these people want to talk to me because of my job. And I immediately felt embarrassed that I felt that way. And that I, I don't know, I honestly don't remember what my behavior reflected, but I remember immediately being like, this is such an embarrassing thing to think, Annie. These people love you. You've grown up with them. This is like so sideways. And that is the, that's the, um, 
the moment. I don't know why. That was the moment that I thought, this is this the way your attitude is is super embarrassing. And mm. and if other people were in your head, you'd be embarrassed that they heard what you were thinking. And so I think that started me on a journey of like, what are you doing, sis? Like, what are you doing? And and I I'll tell you, Carrie, I think everyone, our friends listening that are leaders, all of us can can relate to this, I think, but it is after you reckon with God in those moments, it is after he breaks your hip like Jacob, that you actually see the growth and the a beauty of the work that you've been wanting to do show up. Or he adjusts what you really want because now you have a broken hip. And so in a lot of ways, uh, I we would not be able to have the first part of the conversation we had if I wouldn't have been so mortified at my own soul that day at my church. And, um, and I'm, emba- I'm embarrassed to, I'm embarrassed talking about no. it. I feel the embarrassment in me talking well, about it. thank you for sharing it. I mean, but, no, a very similar thing in my thirties, you know, we, we had some success in ministry, but if it had gotten a lot bigger, it could have been a train wreck for me. Like certainly. it had all the seeds of a train wreck in it. Yep. And then, you know, my life grinds to a halt 17 years ago. Yeah. I burn out. And if I had had even a fraction of what I have now, the responsibility and the opportunity, I think I would have blown it. I totally, I'm like, I would have just, I would have been, and I might not even have been, you know, a headline because it was just starting out, but I would have just been off to the side, gone. And you know what is probably true about God? I don't, I I think Hmm. what's probably true is, is he may have let me have more visible success earlier and I blew it. And so it, 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 we had to do some character work before we got Mm -hmm. here. Right. So the good thing about God is he doesn't remove your dreams. When pride gets in the way, he may just hold them closer so he can hand them back when you can actually hold them. Right. And I hope that's what he did for me. You know what? I see that as so merciful. I'm just going to give you a taste. And, you know, okay, you've always wanted to eat this cookie. There's a bit of poison in it. Like, yes, that's right. How do you feel now? That's right. right? You're and throwing up can, and in bed. That's with exactly a fever. right. And then he can how hand you, you the now? cookie and go, like, now you won't eat the whole thing, will you? No, but you mm-hmm. would have in 2013. And so 100%. now the cookie sits here in the middle of the office and, it, and everyone sees whatever the cookie is, right? It sits in the middle of the office <laughs> and everyone knows. And everyone has permission. And, and we all, particularly my manager, Kelly, particularly Ashley, have these permissions to say, hey, you, you took too big of a bite here. Hey, this mm-hmm. is, you know, and, and I mean, I, I'll tell you, we have a lot of um, gates in place for me. We have a business manager who looks at every dollar so that I, I, I mean, I don't get to be sneaky anywhere because I could be sneaky everywhere. I just know me, right? And so six staff members on my team have access to every bit of my social media. And so- Isn't that I know- liberating? Oh my gosh, like, what a dream. My team has access to my DMs, my texts, yes. my email, private, public. Same. Everything. And it's so liberating. Everybody doesn't need to know everything, but someone should know everything, right? Oh. Like sh- yep. there, is, there shouldn't be anything that someone doesn't know. And so I think that helped. That's the, another difference in 2023 from 2013 is I was just keeping so much of my pain and my sin to myself because mm. now that I'm a public person, how do I, how do I be a person who's not perfect? Yeah. 
And so you have oh, to work through all that yeah. too, right? And and now I don't I don't believe in in filleting yourself on behalf of the work you do, but I do believe in having accountable places in your life that make your public world more robust and more vibrant because you're not trying to hide anything. Because we think if we can if we hide our sin and we hide our problems, that that our joy and our purpose can be really loud and really vibrant, but it actually dulls everything when you're hiding it anything. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's worth the price of admission. So, you know, you probably get this question even a lot more than I do, but I get it regularly. Young leaders who want to have influence. Yeah. So they want to be podcasters. They want to write a book. Basically any, they want to speak. They want to do what you do. They want to, they want to have a meaningful social media profile. What are some top tips you would have for young wannabe influencers or people who are just starting out and getting a taste of the cookie, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, I I would encourage people, always tell the truth. Always tell the truth. Tell the truth to yourself. Tell the truth to your agents, your managers, your teammates, your anybody that is around, your family, your friend. Like, do, you just don't want to give the enemy any kind of foothold. Now, you don't want to be unkind or say too much, but just like, You've got to always tell the truth because that is going to set you up for long-term success. And and sometimes, Gary, telling the truth is saying, hey, I have this dream of something I think we could build. So let me tell you the truth of what I'm actually dreaming of. It's not just here's sin, right? It is. You're right, because there's the a fear of success. Okay, yes. I had I had a good friend of mine say to me once, you're afraid of success. You're afraid yeah, of influence. Did wow. you ever wrestle with that? Yeah, Shelly Giglio said it to me early. She said, everybody plans for failure, but nobody plans for success. Oh, and and that has that has stuck with me forever, forever of just going, yeah. And so often when we are building something like a Let's Read the Gospels podcast, we aren't actually talking about failure because there is no failure to reading the Bible every day for 365 days unless we don't do uh-huh. it. So the only failure is if we quit. And so that's our only concern is how do we set it up so so that every piece of this finishes at the end of 2023. So what we're more talking about is what do we do if this does really well? What Mm. do we do if this needs more of Annie's time? What do we do if this reaches people that we did not expect it to reach? You know, so, so we're thinking through that. So we pretty much everything we build, we ask ourselves. So luckily over at the network, some of the problems and challenges we are having right now, Kelly and I said, what if this really works and fill in the blank and we're seeing it happen because it's really working, but it isn't the first time we aren't like shocked and awed that we're having, uh, we're having challenges, right? Of how do we get all these shows to have as many listens as we want them to? We want to have a robust, varied group of podcasts, but not everybody listens to everything. So how do we do that? Right? Hmm. We predicted that we predicted when we have a lot of shows on here, there will be some shows that do better than others. How do we help the ones that want more listeners, which is technically everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. So yes, there is a fear of success. So some other things I would say for young, younger or anybody who's wanting to have a yeah. public life of any kind or a, or, or build things um, is you got to pick your currencies. You got to remember that time is a currency. We can make more money. We cannot make more time. And so making sure that you and the people you work with are using their time well is almost to me more important than if they're using the money well. We want high integrity in every currency. 
high integrity and every currency. And that starts when it is just you by yourself. I uh, Do you have time for me to tell a quick story about this? Because it totally is so do. funny. I had an intern um, that was a Vanderbilt. You remember I had all those Vanderbilt baseball players? They're like little brothers to me. A couple of them interned for me because during their senior years, they only had baseball and like three classes, but they're brilliant because they're Vanderbilt guys, right? And so a couple of them interned for me. Well, one day I've come home from a speaking event and my intern, Connor, is in who ended up playing in the Detroit Tigers organization. I mean, just an incredibly good baseball player. Great guy. One of the highest integrity people I know. Connor's, I hand him the merch money and the count. And he is counting and counting. And he is like, Annie, we're $100 off. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's kind of big. I had to come home $15 off or $5 off. Maybe someone took a book or maybe I miscounted or whatever. $100 is a lot. He counts the money again. He counts for over an hour. Not because it's a lot of money, because he's counting, counting, counting. And and I was like, in my heart, I was going, Connor, we can let it go. It's okay. I'll go back out this weekend. I'll make up that $100. And he says, no, we are counting until this makes sense. And he pushes back from the table and he says, where is that $100? And he looks down and there's a $100 bill at his feet that had just fallen at some point during the counting. But it was such a good reminder to me that we keep pushing for integrity and we do not give up because we're tired. Right. And so that, and that's what Connor taught me that day is if he, if we would not have held on, we'd have eventually found that hundred dollar bill sitting at his feet. But I was willing to give up the integrity of our Mm. books matching because I was bored with him doing that. He was not willing. This was 2013 to tell you the truth. I'm laughing as I was saying it's 2012 or 13. And, um, and so I'd say pursue truth and pursue high integrity and pay attention to the currencies that you and your team are making and spending because it's going people. I, I don't consider people a currency. I feel like that's not the right language, but how your people are being treated and how they're spending their, their own selves is a currency in your company. Like you want them to be healthy as humans. And so you pay attention to that, but time, money, and influence are the three currencies we care about the most. Um, mm. And I would say keep a robust personal life. That doesn't mean a busy one if you don't want to be busy, but have friends outside of work. Have I mean, when we have people get engaged or fall in love or get pregnant or um, have, you know, climb a new mountain, we have a mountain climber on staff. When he climbs a new mountain he's never climbed before, that that is a win for me as a leader. I didn't have anything to do with him climbing that mountain, but but we have built a place where he knows we prioritize him getting to the top of mountains as much as we prioritize him selling out a show for the podcast. And um, and so that, I think as people are building, build what you want to build, pay attention when you drink your own Kool-Aid because it, it's a season, it'll happen. Just get out of it as quick as you can. Make it as short as possible. <laughs> and and, and, and I, the other thing I'd say, Carrie, and you can disagree with me on this, but I think when... When I'm standing in front of God and he is probably not going to ask me how many books sold, he's going to ask me about the people I worked with and how I treated the people he trusted me with. And, And so that when I'm going to bed at night and I can't fall asleep, I'm not trying to hit a goal financially. I'm trying to solve any problems we have where our staff's lives aren't flourishing. Hmm. So I'd love to shift gears a little bit in the time we have left, because we do have a lot of people who have podcasts. You've had tremendous success. Thank you. And what are some podcast secrets? Like, what are some things you've learned 
that really help? Because I think you're right. Anybody who starts something, any church leader would love to have more people this Sunday than last yeah, Sunday. of course. Every podcaster would like to pick up a few more listeners. Yeah. Every author would like to sell a couple more books because you have a message you're excited about. You think it's going to make a difference. What are some podcasting secrets, tips, yeah. and tricks that uh, you'd love to share? I mean, the launching with a trailer is is 2022, 2023's tip of the year. I mean, that is what everybody is seeing. And so you'll, because then what that allows you to do, if you so choose, is take a screenshot and show everyone and say, you're the only one not listening, follower. If you're not mm-hmm. subscribed, look, you're the only one not listening. God's got something for you here. Um, and you will see, as you see people launch and see people post that, your friends listening and you and I will know, well, they had a pretty high listen through rate. So for our friends who already have podcasts, what I would suggest is to create a new trailer at some point in 2023 that either launches a series or is almost a state of the union or is something that is two to three minutes that tells people they're hearing this early January. So you could still do it this month and say, hey, here's where we're going this year. If you have any thoughts on that, here's how you can email us. If you can launch a trailer this year that is something to send people to and you can get a high listen through rate, that's really going to serve you getting in front of people that you will not get to influence otherwise. We're not doing it because we're trying to get famous. We're doing it because we're trying to get in front of ears that we won't find otherwise. So if you listen to the trailer that may or may not come out on the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast January 1st, I I came up with that idea all by myself. Yes, you did. Yeah, you know what? That's a great idea. I never thought about it. Yep. That's brilliant. Okay. In fact, we relaunched a set. We did a second um, trailer for Let's Read the Gospels because we wanted another push and because we had new information to share. And so we Mm -hmm. would not have done it just for a push, I don't think. But because we switched up and at the end of our first trailer, we said, we'll see you on January 1st in Matthew. And then we ended up seeing you on January 1st and John, we thought we should tell people that <laughs> switching. And we created a, a Let's Read the Gospels guidebook for people to download. And we didn't know that, that that's what the audience wanted when we made the first trailer. So we did it, we did it again. So I would say oh, no genius. matter how old your podcast is, as soon as you want to make a new trailer and tell people you need to go listen to this whole thing because it's telling you where we're going next year. Or it's telling you about a series. Now, series, Carrie, as you know well, series are the other thing. Uh, if you can imagine your listenership going up and to the right, what happens a lot is there will be a bump and then you'll just plateau for years possibly, mm-hmm. right? Because you've reached everybody you can reach. The interesting thing about series, and by series, I mean maybe for a week you do a show every day, or maybe for a month you do a theme and there's your normal weekly shows and then you do one bonus around that theme. What we have found across the network, but also that sounds fun, is series increase listenership. Mm. What does not increase listenership is famous interviews. Because Isn't that what crazy. It's crazy. I if I if we had time, if this was a whole class we were doing and I could just show you all my stats, we are blown away. What happens when you have a very famous person on is your audience that does not listen to your show comes and listens to that one episode. So you have a spike and then they leave again. What happens when you do a series that people are invested in is they share with their friends, they come and they listen and they stay. 
And so have your famous people on as much as you, I mean, if you can get famous Hollywood actors, I love having those people on because I like talking to them. And I think in a lot of times they have something really important to say and it's cool, right? I mean, baseline, having Matthew McConaughey on That Sounds Fun was cool. That was just cool. It was pretty cool. It was really cool. It did not change the amount of ears I get to influence on a weekly basis. And probably, I don't know, I'm going to guess, not your top most listened to episode no. of the year. Do you want to know the most listened to episode of my 2022 was me to. and uh, Jim Cress, who's a counselor, talking about singleness. Wow. By, wow. by like tens of thousands. I want to say it's almost a hundred thousand more than our next highest show. Yeah. And so, you know, if, uh, let me, let me play this game because our podcasts are about the same age, 2014, yeah. right? Yeah. Is when I launched this one. I am still horrible at predicting oh, what is going to drop. Horrible. Like, horrible. Terrible. I'm like, oh, this can be slam dunk, it, um, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> nope. And then oh, there's no. this one. I don't know. Should we do this one or not? Mm-hmm. And you know, hundred and some odd thousand downloads later, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. that did a that did great. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. The things you can bank on is you can bank on a high January. You can bank on a low July. Those are two mm-hmm. things you can bank on. That is like industry across the industry, yeah. and so you can. And so doing series not in July. Don't do a series in July. Do a series in August when everybody's back to school. And they, I mean, August the rhythms is a big of month. your is life. It a big month yes. for your show. The rhythms yeah. of your life reflect in your listeners' lives too. And so August for us is the second January. Yes. We probably uh we do that Enia summer series in mm-hmm. June. So that's mm-hmm. usually our biggest one, uh, our your biggest biggie. month. Yeah. yeah. But yes, as far as if you remove that series, but again, that's a series that brings a bunch mm-hmm. of listeners and a good chunk of them stay. We see a new plateau every time we do a series. So we did Advent in December, a new se- a new plateau. We'll do any a summer in July in June, a new plateau. And so we we try to plug in two to three series a year. That's really good. Really uh, the good. Other Any other tips we, and tricks? Yeah, the sentence we say a lot is do not bring a guest for their audience. Bring a guest that blesses your audience. Because mm-hmm. even Matthew McConaughey, I don't know that he told his wife he was on my show, much less put it on his <laughs> social media, right? Yeah. Like don't, yeah. don't invite Carrie Newhoff on your podcast because you expect Carrie to tell the people who follow Carrie that he's on your show. Have Carrie mm-hmm. Newhoff on because he is the expert in the thing you want to hear about and your audience yeah. wants to hear about. So, because that's that's a lot of pressure we get to remove from our guests that they are not here because I want their audience. They are not here mm-hmm. because I expect them, because normally for you and I, this, this conversation is an anomaly of this, but normally you have a guest on because they have a book coming out. And that means mm-hmm. they've done 10 podcasts. And there's no need for them to tell their audience about 10 different conversations, right? Their audience will find that if they want it. What they need is for those 10 podcasters to tell their audience about the new book, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So do not bring Mm -hmm. a guest because you want their audience. Bring the guest that blesses your audience and just work on building your audience. And and that is the win versus expecting Matthew McConaughey to change your future. How do you determine who you invite on your podcast? Yeah, our our phrase is it's someone that I'm already friends with or someone I wish I was friends with. 
And, and so that's what happens when books come in or albums come in or an actor reaches out from Hallmark Channel or, you know, whoever. I, I look at what they're talking and we know our audience really well, Carrie, you do too. I mean, before we started, you said, Hey, just remember, just a reminder, here's who you're talking to. Cause you know, mm -hmm. and we know, I mean, we have names for our three people that we talk to and, and, and what their characteristics are. And so I'm thinking about those three characters that most of my audience is similar to one of the three. And I'm going, I, it, so here's a great example. When we get parenting books, about 50% of my audience is married and about 50% of them have kids. And then about 50% of my audience isn't married and about 20% of them have kids. So mm. a, a, a series on parenting is not going to matter as deeply to my audience as it would to Jamie Ivey's right? Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. to Jen Hatmakers or to Jenny Allen's because they are, and also they're all moms. And so, right. so they draw. And so for me, when, an, when a parenting two or three books come in, I go, uh, we'll maybe do one of those if I think mm -hmm. there's a reason for my audience to hear that, but we're not a parenting show and we don't lean on that very hard. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So two questions. Sure. I, I mean, one is just an observation. So our mutual friend, John Acuff, who yes. I know you love, love. Uh, John gave me the best podcasting advice. He says, it's your show, do what you want. That's and it. he got that from Brian Koppelman. That's a, yes. do, am, are they my friend? Do I want to be their friend? Yes. That has been so helpful. So it's I'll pass so that helpful. along to listeners. Yes. And you might say, well, that's like capricious or weird or, but no, it's my, if I'm not interested in the guest. Yeah. Like that's the why when knows. I said, okay, the listener knows. And I'm like, okay, Annie, this is where I want to go. And you're like, yeah, I'm game for that. Well, I'm totally like an hour's gone, but an hour and 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't believe, I know. I know I it just it. flies and yeah. I'm not, I'm not bored. Are you kidding? But if oh. it was like, you know, in chapter four of a book I didn't read, yes. Um, yes. you know, that's, that's, that's boring. Uh, Which that also triggers question? me to say to our friends who host podcasts, if you're going to have an author on, read their book. If you're going mm -hmm. to have a musician on, listen to their album. It yeah. changes whether you've known them for 50 years or you are meeting them. It changes their experience as a guest on your show if they know that you've cared about the content they've created. I can't tell you how many times at the end they're like, you actually read the book. Oh, or every time. You, you did, you you did your this? research. Whoa. Yes. yes. Like, whoa, your questions aren't just the public, no offense publishers, but they're not just the publisher's questions yes. that get sent out with the press kit, yes. right? Yes. So, um, And I had yeah, someone say other, to me last week, and, and this, well, I'm just going to say, I had someone say to me last week, thank you so much for reading the book. My publisher told me you were one of the ones that actually reads the books. And I was like, the idea that publishers know who reads and who doesn't read, because if they have that list, you know what else list they have, Carrie? The <laughs> list of hosts that will not read the book. And I don't want to be on that list uh -huh, because I also uh -huh. write books. And I want to mm -hmm. sit down and have these conversations with people after they've read my book. It feels so different on the other side. And so if you're having authors on, read their books. If you're having musicians on, listen to their album. If you're having a movie star on, make sure you've watched their movie. Do, do on my calendar every week, Carrie, We've, we've decided, we've made this like official. I have about a 30 to 45 minute window before every podcast to prep. And I didn't used to do that, but now it feels like, man, when people are coming in here, you, it feels different when, when the host has not prepped well right before you see them. 
So we've, mm. we're changing what our rhythms. What are you rhythms. doing that 30 to 45 minutes? I'm reading. I've hopefully already finished the book. I can mm-hmm. read uh, every page, maybe not every word. I can read every page of our friend's books in about two hours. Usually I can get the yeah. real gist of the book in about two hours and take my notes. And that 30 to 45 minutes, A, if anybody's early, we're not like bumping up right to it. And a lot of people <laughs> show up early, which I appreciate. And also, I'm just, I am reading through the papers that the um, publisher sent over or the record label sent over. I'm looking at their social media. Yeah, I'm looking at their Mm -hmm. social media to make sure I know what happened in their life today, right? Because if they're posting about something exciting or tragic that's happening right now, I want to say, hey, before we get started, I saw that your wife is pregnant. That's huge. Congratulations. (laughs) And it takes eight seconds to look at their Instagram. You know, and so, um, so that's what I'm using with those extra minutes we've set aside. Super smart. Okay. So I want to talk about angles for guests. So think about, I know we have the vast majority of people who listen to the show create content. So whether you're planning a weekend service on something that everybody else is talking about, or you need to make a comment or you're writing an article, but for example, for those of us who do guess who are on the circuit, because podcasts are the new talk show circuit, right? That's right. Let's be honest. Yes. Often what I'll do is I will see if I'm like, oh, I know they're going to do 30 interviews. I'll, I'll often go to your show and like I did that with John and McCray Acuff. And yeah. I listened to your take with them. And then I listened to them on John's show mm-hmm. before I got ready for my show. Yeah. Because if you're just spitting sound bites that everybody else has done, basically the same interview gets popped on to 15 different podcasts. How do you make sure that you get an angle for your unique audience? What is your tack in developing questions to make sure that when you get the ACOFs, when you get Lisa Turkhurst, when you get Matthew McConaughey, it sounds different than the other 42 podcasts he did. Yeah. So part of it is before I look at the um, resources that come from the publisher or the recording label or whatever, record label, I, um, I read the book and write my own questions. So at uh, first I'm, ch- I mean, the, the, the sentence that came to my mind when you were asking is I just chase my curiosity. I chase my curiosity more than I f- follow the path that the publisher has handed me with the questions they've given me. So I read the book and chase my own curios- curiosity about what matters. And, and then sometimes I'll look at the questions and very often go, you know, cause they'll send over eight or 10 and very often go like, yeah, I bet they'll answer. Here's what I say. I bet they'll answer all those 15 times. Is there one of them that I'm really interested in? Because if Mm -hmm. I'm not, and if I will chase my curiosity for the whole episode, a lot of times what I, the feedback I get, so it's just anecdotal, but I think this, and then I get a little bit of feedback that says, the question you asked next was what I was wondering. And so often I think if someone explains, you know, and so then we stopped at Cracker Barrel and you go, wait, 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 wait. Tell me when you walk into a Cracker Barrel, what do, what do you go to first, right? Because the audience uh, is listening in their car or listening while they're doing their dishes is thinking about when they go to Cracker Barrel and they're going, I do wonder what Carrie Newhoff does right when he walks in a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and then I ask it, right? And so I, if you will just chase your curiosity and know the, know the work that the guest is bringing, those two things lead to unique conversations. Do you know the pressure that that takes off of people? Because you feel I have to do, and I do for guests, mountains of research, but 
like, you know, I, I worked on these questions for you. Yeah. I think I've asked you I two of them. them. Yeah. Like this has just been. We've seen a few like, of them. Carrie, yeah. you set me up for this and you didn't do any of your questions. <laughs> That's another but reason I don't send questions very much. Cause I'm like, I don't know where we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. And there's some guests, like I don't want to name names, but there are some guests who are regulars on my show who will show up with pages of notes. And I'm like, oh, oh you know, like know. that's great. But yeah. yeah, and that's great. That's the way they they prep. But I don't yeah. like to surprise people. Yeah. But yeah, follow that curiosity trail. Yes. And if you're genuinely interested, and that could be for a preacher in a subject or whatever, uh, great things can happen. I mean, that's um, why on Father's Day, we had a local guy here in Nashville who has like the best barbecue joint. Because I was like, I am so interested in hearing about someone who does barbecue for a living. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. And so- Why have I never had that guest? I know. Oh, he's great. His name's Pat Martin. He's awesome. And he had a cookbook come out. And I thought, this is it. He will come and talk to me because he had a cookbook come out. But I just chased my career. Now, sometimes, Carrie, let me tell you where it it fails me sometimes because I love soccer. And the the vast Mm. majority of my audience doesn't. And so about once a year, I'm going to do a soccer show with someone that I am like sweating. I'm so, I think it's so cool that they're here and my audience may not love that show. And guess what? It's my show. I, I am going to talk about soccer because I love it. I'm going to have Kirk Herbstreet on talking about college football because I love it. And that's okay. If the majority of the audience doesn't want to hear that one that week that I got another one coming in three days, y'all be fine. What is the power of podcast networks? Because I am, we have one too, the Art of Leadership Network, but I look at that, sounds fun, and it's just exploded and like huge shows, big shows with millions of downloads. And I'm curious what you see in the power of podcast networks moving forward. Well, part of it, you know, for a lot of people is the, it's the only way to have an income when you are doing podcasting is to add advertising. And what networks offer is in-house sales teams that make advertising something you don't have to negotiate. And you don't have to, because we, you know, even me as a podcaster, I don't know what my CPMs are and I don't even know what cost per million exactly means. Like, I don't know any of that. I don't need to be negotiating that. And so I'm grateful that that's one of the gifts of podcasting networks that are happening now. The other gift is that a lot of listeners share, share amongst network shows. So the art of leadership, those of us who listen, when you launch a new one, we're going to give it a go because it's more leadership. And, Uh and it is more Uh of, we understand it's just like an amusement park. We use this example a lot on the network. Um, it's like an amusement park where you're not going to love every ride and the rides aren't all the same. There's going to be a couple you love and a couple you really like. And if you don't get back on one, okay, but you'll probably try it because we put it in our, in our amusement park. And so yep. that's to me a lot of the power of it is a shared audience that that invite that for a show brand new launching or for a show that is launched for a while and, but needs a new exposure to new audience a network can do that for you in some mm-hmm. really important ways and community wise there's very few there's very few lonely podcasters on our network because we all know mm. each other and we're in a Slack channel together and we talk to each other a lot and we jump on each other's shows a lot. I mean, at Christmas, every podcast host in That Sounds Fun Network was on my show in one way or another. Like we're just, mm. we all jump around with each other. We have a quarterly round table where our mm-hmm. That Sounds Fun Network staff will plan a, a, an hour of 
professional development pretty much for all of our podcast hosts for our network too. It's so helpful because then we all see each other and we go, oh man, by the way, that episode was so good. And oh, I I keep trying to, why are you not responding when I text? I want you to come on my show. You know, like we have moments where we connect to each other and, and that happens at the round table. And so to me, a lot of the power of networking, of having a podcast network and being on a podcast network is you just don't feel lonely anymore. It, it helps you make mm. a little income. You are in community and your audience grows. And those are kind of the three things that I need for a successful portion of my job. I think part of it, and I'm a bit obsessed with it these days, the last few months, but curation, right? It's like, I yeah. know if I go to that sounds fun network. Yep. Uh, oh, Annie in some, at some level has vouched for these people, vouched yes. for the show. And there's a certain expectation that comes along with it, That's right. which I think is really important because now there's like two or three million podcasts out there, not yes. episodes, just yes. different shows. Good luck yeah. sorting through that. Right. Good Do you luck. know the interesting thing? Our, our team went to um, the podcast conference um, in the summer, in August, and they came back and the stat was between, I think I'm going to get this right, between 2019 and the end of 2020, it went from 750,000 podcasts to two and a half million which is insane. And it is why we saw our shows, whether we have more or less listeners, not ranking like they used to rank because Mm -hmm. of the amount of new shows that launched. Now, what the newest stat from this summer is of those two and a half million, almost, almost half of them do not release episodes anymore. So the bell curve happened and everyone launched these shows and then they abandoned them. Right. Mm. And so it's so longevity is the win for podcasting, building an audience and showing up for them or being very intentional that you are doing a, a short series or a limited run podcast, mm-hmm. either plan to do this for a long time or call it a limited run from the beginning. And, and we have two of those. We have two shows that, that do seasons when they want to do seasons, but they are not a long podcast, a long, yeah. long tail podcast. And then we have Carlos Whitaker, who just is doing incredible shows every week that follow his life. He just kind of does a podcast about whatever he's living that week. So Carlos. And there's, yeah. you know, millions of people are listening. And so that both of those are fine, but it's, it's interesting with the amount of podcasts, how many of them could not hang and chose not to hang. And some of that is right. Yeah. Some people did what they meant, were meant to do and stopped. And some didn't have the community or the income or the, you know, audience to keep going. And we hope at That Sounds Fun Network that we provide all three of those so that our podcasters keep going as long as they want to. Mm-hmm. No. And I find too, like the, you know, we had good success out of the gate as yeah. did you with it back in 2014, but like 2022, hands down best year ever. Like yeah. it just keeps growing and it's like compound interest. And, and it's your network, every- right? Because what you actually mm-hmm. have done is you've spread your influence and allowed it to grow. So it may not look like quote, Carrie Newhoff numbers, but it mm. is, it is spread and that enables, enables it to do more. So I'm thrilled that the, that sounds fun network had far more downloads than that sounds fun. The show. That's what I want. Yeah. Wow, Annie, I'll tell you, time flies. I and, know, uh, I love it. Love to do a round two. This is so good. <laughs> tell me, is there anything else you want to share with me? No, leaders? you're so generous. Thank you. I, you know, mm. I guess I would say take everything that we talked about with a grain of salt and take it to you and the Lord, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're, but, we're just two people doing the best we can, and we are still, in 10 years, we're going to look back and realize how much we still had to learn. And I know it's sitting here, but I also know mm-hmm. that I have a decade of doing this job, and so do you. So we bring both. We bring experience and um, 
knowledge that we have a long way to go. Enjoying the journey. I oh, think that's really important. Uh, I picked that up in spades from you every time I talk to you. But yeah, it's busy, but it's fantastic. And that's that's a wonderful thing to be. So people want to track with you. Your NEF downs on all the socials. But if they want to get into the network or yeah. find the show, yeah. what's the headquarters? What's a website? Yeah, you so it's that sounds fun network.com on Instagram. We're TSF Network. So you can go find us there. The Let's Read the Gospel show has launched. So you can find that wherever you love to listen to a podcast. And I'll tell you that the thing, the one piece we didn't talk about as much when it comes to podcasting is the way you grow your audience is you get your audience to tell their friends. Because you can't get to their friends, but they can. And so my request of all of our friends is tell your friends about Let's Read the Gospels because we want people to hear the Gospels this year. And so just, you know, one Insta story could put it in front of someone who's never considered Jesus before. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? Preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. That's my hope. (laughs) Annie. As always, thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Carrie. You're one of the best. I love getting to talk to you. I'm thankful for how you lead me. So I'm really grateful. Thank you, Annie. Well, I love Annie so much. She's got such a great heart. And I just am excited about what's going on over at NEF Downs, Inc. And uh, if you want more, including what we link to, you can go to kerrynewhoff.com slash episode 545. Yeah, and a little Easter egg. For those of you who are listening closely, guess what I did? Well, January 1st, a little trailer for this podcast came out. I will know by the time we get to the other side, we record months in advance, uh, whether that actually had an impact or not, but I'll let you know. Anyway, Annie, thanks for the tips, and I know all of us are better for it. Make sure you check out hegetsuspartners.com slash fans. The Super Bowl is coming up. You don't want to miss out, be one of 15,000 churches to get in on this movement. And ServeHQ has got everything you need for your volunteers to equip them and develop them. You can go to servehq.church to learn more. Next episode, I love having Mark back. And I don't know whether it's a tradition or not, but he's been on a few Januaries and I thought I'd have him back this year because we're going to talk about the future Uh, the future of cultural disruptions, the decline of civilization. Yeah, just really cheery. And the rapid acceleration of the Overton window, that is change and how to sleep at night and cultivate a non-anxious presence in the midst of it all. Anyway, here's an excerpt from the next episode. But I think the big thing in 10 years, which people aren't reckoning, is that if you go to any Western church, you go to a church in Canada, the United Kingdom, uh, Northern Europe, New Zealand, Australia, whatever, America, the predominant largest group is people who are in the baby boomer generation who are probably in their 70s and that generation is going to pass. They're either going to be less involved or they're going to literally pass. And we overwhelmingly, people have not prepared for that. Subscribers, you'll get that automatically. If you're new, we welcome a ton of new listeners every January. Make sure you subscribe if you've enjoyed this. And if you would be so kind, please leave us a rating and review. When you share, we get to keep doing this. And I love doing it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And we've got a killer lineup of guests coming up. Coming up uh, on future episodes, Bill McKendry, Andy and Sandra Stanley, Carlos Whitaker. Who else we got? Caitlin Beatty. Richard Blackaby, John Mark Comer, John Lee Dumas. Uh, everybody has to have two names, I guess, to be on this year. Gretchen Rubin, Andy Wood, David Platt, Nathan Finocchio, JP Pocluta, and a whole lot more. And for listening to the end, 
Uh, if you enjoyed this, I think you will also enjoy something brand new I'm doing, the On The Rise newsletter. You can go and subscribe for free for my brand new newsletter, ontherisenewsletter.com. And here's what I'll do. I'll give you a curious mix of really interesting things I've found on the internet, on TV, although not a lot of TV shows, but once in a while, if something's really outstanding, I will let you know. And also uh, I will send you books I'm reading and links to some things that sort of go into the mix of what we do here at kerryneuhoff.com and into my life. A decade ago, it was super easy to find stuff on the internet. Now we're drowning in content and we'll go way beyond the latest viral TikTok video, give you some in-depth articles that we'll link to. And it's a curious mix. So if you're interested in receiving that, you can use it for sermon research, research for what you're doing, or frankly, just because you're an interesting human being, go to ontherisenewsletter.com. I'd love to see you over there. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope our time together today has helped you identify and break a growth barrier you're facing. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>